Hello, beautiful people, and thanks so much for tuning in. My name is Madison Scarlett, and you're listening to Hey 20s. In today's episode, I want to answer a question which was asked by a friend of mine, um, and it was right after she watched my sexual assault episode. After that episode, she asked me, have you ever felt that you shouldn't dress sexy or be a sexual person because you've been assaulted? I guess there's no better time than right now to let you guys know and to give you a bit of a disclaimer that today's episode is going to address sexual assault, sexuality in general, just sex. It's it's a grown-up topic. So if you're not a grown-up or if this is too triggering for you and not something that you want to listen to, please click off now. When she asked me this question, I realized that I wanted to do a follow-up or that I should do a follow-up on my sexual assault episode. And so that's what we're going to get into today. First, I'm going to talk to you about the question about sexuality and and how I felt about my own sexuality after I had been assaulted. Then I really want to share with you the effects that I experienced as a result of sharing my story. A lot of them took me by surprise. A lot of them I didn't expect. But I mean, I'm going to save that. Hopefully anyone listening who has been sexually assaulted, you can gain something from this. If you're thinking about sharing your story or expressing it, bringing it to the light, wait, hear my experience, and then maybe you can decide for yourself. Lastly, for those of you who haven't been sexually assaulted, I want to talk about how you can support someone who has, a loved one, a family member, colleague, whoever. If you know someone who has been harmed or victimized in some way, let's talk about how you can support them. Because maybe it seems obvious to some people, or maybe you have no clue, but I think overall we could be doing a better job. All right. And that's it for the intro. Let's get into it. Okay, so the question is, have you ever felt that you shouldn't dress sexy or be a sexual person because you've been assaulted? I'm actually going to start off by reading my friend's answer first because I think a lot of people will resonate with it. And she says, I used to feel that by wearing something sexy, like a cocktail dress or even shorts, that I was doing something wrong or that I wasn't allowed to do because I was assaulted. And by me wearing that, I'm saying that I don't care enough to prevent it from happening again. She then goes on to ask, has your assault affected your style or the way that you express yourself through your appearance? And for me, the short answer is no, it hasn't. But I think that's because I was molested at a really young age. I was a child and I wasn't in an instance or in a moment where I felt sexy because I was a kid. You know, I was a little girl and I didn't even really know what it meant to be sexy or what being sexual was. I didn't understand it. And so I wasn't in a position already where I was out with friends. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I want to make that clear. Being sexy doesn't mean that you deserve to be assaulted. But I was never in a space where I felt that way anyway. So I was never in a place or able to internalize my sexuality as something bad or something that I wasn't allowed to do. And that if I did it, that I would be hurt or assaulted in any way. Like I, because those two didn't intersect or connect for me personally. However, <laughs> big however, I did experience other effects because of that, that I correlated the two together. Being in a place where I was unfamiliar with, being in a place where I didn't know, um, being out of control, like all of those things became big, 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 big fears of mine where I would avoid life and just experiences and doing anything because of fear and anxiety especially. However, I did experience other effects and one of them being a serious loss 
of control or, or a lack of control, that feeling of anxiety all the time and being in unfamiliar situations, it took over my life so much so that I actually developed OCD over it because I was so helpless or I felt so helpless that I was trying to regain control and power in any way that I could. So I started doing other things that didn't quite make sense, but things that made me feel like maybe I do have control over my body and what happens in my life and I have a say, so I'm going to do these things. And that would include stuff like, um, you know, really weird things like wearing jewelry on certain hands and stuff like it would have to be in that order. Um, I would have to wear my hair a certain way, a certain style. And if I didn't, and if I didn't have like these knickknacks or whatever, then like the whole world was going to end or cracking my knuckles. And this is really weird stuff, cracking my knuckles. <laughs> and even if they didn't want to crack, forcing them to crack because if they didn't and if I didn't hear that pop, then the world was going to end and I was going to die or touching surfaces a certain amount of time because if I didn't, then I would die. <laughs> you know, everything would always allude to this impending doom. If things didn't go my way or if I didn't have control, then I was going to be in trouble or I would be in a space where I, I could get hurt. And I think that's one of the main side effects. I mean, again, from personal experience and the little bit of research that I have done, um, for people who have experienced sexual assault, you feel so discombobulated. Your whole world has been shaken up in a way that you didn't sign up for. You didn't ask for this to happen to you. And that loss of control where someone violated your body in a way that you, or touched your body in a way that you didn't give them permission to touch you, you want to find control in, in the ways that you can. And so you start doing things that don't make sense. But to go back to the question, because of my sexual assault, I don't think that I, I definitely didn't retract. I didn't, I didn't go inwards and think that I shouldn't be sexy or that I would be victimized because of my sexuality. If anything, I went the opposite way and I thought that that's what I was there for. I thought that I was meant to be a sexualized person. And that's just what you do. I, I, I remember feeling really weird. Like it sort of just hit me out of nowhere that I should be promiscuous or that I should be sexy or that I should be used for sex and pleasing other people. I don't know what it is or, or why I felt that way. And maybe it's for other reasons and other factors. One being that I got my period soon after and hormones are flying. I don't really know. But I know that I felt different and I know that I felt like really dirty and, and sex was wrong and that I it was bad but I also grew up Catholic so maybe that has something to do with it there I'm not quite sure and I guess I can't give you the best answer but I do know that I became very promiscuous after that and I think that's because I was trying to make sense of it I didn't understand why someone would use my body or want to use my body in that regard and maybe if I explored it myself, then it would make sense and I would get it or it's just what grown-ups do. I don't know. I really don't know what I was thinking. I know that I felt wrong. I know that I felt helpless. I know that I felt fucked up. And maybe by exploring my sexuality and becoming promiscuous and being wanted and desired and used for sex, that I would feel better about myself or something or that I would make sense. I don't know. I have no idea. Maybe all of that's bullshit. Maybe none of that makes sense and that's not actually what was going on in my little brain. But this is just some of the things that I've reflected on now as an adult. Anyway, I want to switch gears a little bit and this is directed to the people who may have experienced something really traumatic. Maybe it's sexual assault. Maybe it's something else. And you're thinking about sharing your story with people. I want you to know now that what you resist persists. 
What you keep in the darkness will live on and what you bring forward and into the light cannot survive. You, you've brought light to it. You've brought it in focus and, and there's a tension on it now and that means that it can be addressed. That's how I feel anyway. Sometimes opening up old wounds is not the most healing experience and if that's the case for you, then that's the case for you and that's totally fine. But I was in a space where I was thinking about my salt every single day, several times a day. And not in the sense like, woe was me, I'm so sad, oh, and like crying about it. It was just more like little flashbacks and I would be reminded or I'd be taken back to that time and relive a little bit of it. I w- again, it wasn't so traumatic, but it was something that I still thought of every single day. But I didn't think by doing this video my experience would have less of a hold on me. I didn't think that it was going to be healing or transformative or do any good for me really, but I knew that I was sick and tired of holding on to somebody's baggage, somebody else's crime that they committed onto me. I didn't ask for it. I didn't do anything wrong. I was just someone who happened to endure that experience, but it wasn't my fault. But nonetheless, I feel free. I feel a lot more free than I did before and I feel like the world kind of opened up to me afterwards. I don't think about it as often. I mean, if I'm being honest, the only time I do think about it is when it's relevant, when somebody's talking about sexual assault or someone's talking about molestation, pedophilia, whatever. Sorry if those are triggering words for you. Or if I'm being intimate with someone. Those are the only times where it's called for or if my body is being touched. And I didn't think that was ever going to happen. Again, I'm not sure why I expressed myself that way. I don't feel that I was entirely ready to, but maybe that's the push that I needed. Maybe I had to do it in that, in that moment just so I can let go and move on and allow myself to be seen and heard and not afraid anymore. Like I said, though, I'm shocked. I can't believe that I think about it less, that I don't, I don't want to say that I don't care about it anymore, but it just doesn't have the same hold on me as it did before. And I think that's because I was so busy with keeping somebody else's dirty little secret and making sure that it stayed hush hush that I was afraid of what other people what other people would think of me or how we handled the situation I guess there was there's so much space for judgment especially I mean look in the media anyone who comes out and says that I was sexually assaulted by this famous person god forbid you say that a famous person sexually assaulted someone you're gonna get the wrath of fans and people who don't believe them because they're not sincere enough in their tears or they're just money hungry or they're fame hungry or clout chasing like it's ridiculous I'm not going to go into a whole tangent about how famous people are just as capable of committing a crime such as sexual assault because that's another episode for another time. I mean, if anything, I feel like they're they're likely to do it even more often because they have that fame and power. But again, I digress. I think it's uncomfortable to believe that someone could harm another person in such a dirty way. Like, it just feels so corrupt. But the fact of the matter is, people do it all the time. Sexual assault is just so, so, so very common. And because it's so common, it's also really important that we talk about how the fuck do you support people who have been harmed or violated in that way? Another reason why I want to talk about it is because this is something that I had to deal with on top of releasing my video. And and once that was public and out for everyone to hear it, I mean, my friends and family didn't really know for the most part. A lot of people in my life had no idea. And then so I was left to handle their emotions, to sort through people's feelings. And it's not something that I wanted to do. And that's why we have to talk about this. 
If you take anything from this episode, please take this. It is so important that we stop treating people how we want to be treated and start treating people how they would like to be treated. It seems so simple, but it's not. And we are so quick to give people the kind of support that we think we, we would want if we were in their situation. Or we are so quick to get out of that uncomfortable space that we want to fill it with other things that we want it, that we make it about us. And we're like, oh yeah, yeah, no, I've been through that too. Or, or you'll get over it. Um, I'm on the other side, so you'll be okay. And oftentimes that's not how people want to be supported. That's not the kind of shit people want to hear. They want to know that there's a space for them just to exist. They want to know that there's a space for them just to be and that you're okay with what they're bringing forward, that, that there's nothing wrong with their emotions which is how I think victims or people who are hurting often feel, that there's something wrong with their emotions and if they could just stop having these emotions, then everything would be fine. And if you're someone in that space right now who has all of these feelings, you are not the problem. Your feelings, your emotions, your thoughts are not the problem. We have to start normalizing basic human emotions. We would never in a million years tell someone who is happy that they shouldn't be happy. But why is it in the face of sadness, of depression, of grief, of mourning, whatever, we tell people that it's going to be okay and that they don't need to be sad or that they shouldn't cry or that, you know, suck it up or be a man or or whatever kind of bullshit. We try to diminish those feelings because they're uncomfortable for us because we... It's probably because we're not comfortable with our own feelings, truthfully. I just want to make it clear though, if you're someone who has confided in another person or who has asked for support and has been met with either a dismissive response, something along the lines of you don't need to be sad or oh I've experienced the same thing, you'll be okay. Other people are, are worse off than you so you don't need to be upset. If you've been met with those kind of responses, it's a reflection on that person and the person you're seeking support from. It's not a reflection on you and your emotions. It's a projection. They're projecting their own inability to face emotions, to face adversity, to be in discomfort. These are definitely things that we have to start normalizing a lot more with this culture is to talk about emotions and feelings because it's okay to have them. That was a bit of a life lesson, a little bit of a a tangent, but I want to get back to this support idea because a lot of people make it about them. And I don't want to shame anyone. I get that it's hard not to because you have your own feelings that probably feel like they could explode at any moment and you feel responsible or you feel like you should have done more, whatever the case may be. It's difficult for you to handle. There's no denying that. But if someone's confided in you or if you just heard news that is hurtful for the both of you, you can't make it about yourself. And what I mean when I say that is, I can't believe I didn't know. I can't believe you didn't tell me. I can't believe I couldn't have helped you more. I wish I could have helped you more. I, 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 I. We got to step away from those kind of statements when you make it about yourself because you feel bad. If you feel bad because you're a good person, let's keep that in mind. If you're feeling shitty, it's because you're a good person and you wish you could have prevented this hurt and this harm in some kind of way. But the fact of the matter is, is that it happened. Doesn't make you bad, doesn't make that other person bad. It just is, it just is what happened. So now what are we going to do about it? Ask them, how can I support you? 
You're brave for bringing this forward. You are so important. You are so capable. You are full of light. You are full of love. You are brave. You are courageous. You are strong. And it is not your fault. I hope you know that. Those are the things you say to somebody who's looking for support. Usually. (laughs) Maybe they don't want to hear that. And don't be afraid to ask. I wish people would ask me more often, how can I support you? It's not a taboo thing to say. And we can admit the fact that maybe we haven't been in a similar situation. Or it's been so long since we have been in a similar situation. And thus, we're out of touch a little bit. Things have changed. Attitudes, perceptions about the world have changed. We're in different places. I can't possibly know what you want. But all I know is that you deserve support. I understand that a lot of people have good intentions, probably the best-hearted intentions out there. But the road to hell was paved with good intentions. We need to step into a culture where we know that we can't possibly handle everything. We're not superwoman, superman, or super them. (laughs) We're just normal-ass people who are trying our very best in life, usually. And it's okay to say that I haven't been through this experience before, but especially on something that was done on to somebody, like sexual assault, violence of any kind, abuse of any kind, that is a very important thing to externalize, to make it not about them and what they could have done differently, but rather emphasize that it's not their fault, that it had nothing to do with who they are as a person. Because that's something that people, survivors, grapple with a lot, is the shame. It's also human nature to want to make sense of what happened. Your body was violated and used without your permission. So how do we make sense of that? Oh, okay, I get it. It happened because I was dressed in a certain way. It happened because I didn't say no. It happened because I drank too much. It happened because I didn't follow my gut. It's things like that where we want to make sense of the situation, connect the dots so we can understand and never have it happen again. But... It's often at our own detriment, like the examples I just gave you. If I didn't do X, Y, and Z, and if I had only acted like A, B, C, then I wouldn't have been hurt. I understand why people do that. I've done that in many situations, not just related to sexual assault. But there are some things where you can't take the blame for. It is not your responsibility to carry the shame of somebody else's wrongdoings. You are free. This is a message to the people who have been robbed of their freedom, of their liberty, of their self-expression, of their safety, security, and love for themselves. It's not your fault. You don't get to apologize for your body. You don't get to apologize for your sexuality, for your expression, for who you are as a person and how you decide to show up in this world. That's your right. If you decide to come forward and to express your truth and share your story, When you deal with other people's emotions, know that it is other people's emotions and has, again, nothing to do with you. You are not a sponge who gets to absorb other people's energies because they don't know how to sit with uncomfortable emotions. That's not your damn responsibility. And inevitably, you will deal with other people's emotions, especially when it comes to something like abuse. People don't want to feel responsible and they don't want to feel like they let you down. And because they did, they're going to internalize a lot of it and make it about them. 
because they're going through their own emotions and they just feel awful. It, again, it's not a reflection on you and who you are. It's just a projection. And that's because we haven't been taught. So we're all kind of trying to figure this out together. And hopefully if you are someone who's been on the side of trauma or you're on the other side and trying to support someone who's been through a traumatic experience, it's okay just to be open in that sense and say, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I don't know how to help. I don't know what kind of support you need. And it's okay in turn to say, I don't know what kind of healing I need. I remember reading in a book, a woman who experienced a sexual assault saying that she felt like she needed to play the perfect victim. And I understand that. I know what it's like to be the person who had something bad happen to them and feel like you had to put on a show or act a certain way and not show in the sense of like tears all the time and whatever, whatever, but that you just had to be different for other people to understand and accept you and to make space for you. I guess what I'm saying is that it's okay if you feel like you have to be a certain way for people. But to also remind you that you don't have to do that. You might feel the urge so you could protect your friends and your family and your support system and not feel like you're a drain. I know that feeling. But to realize and to recognize that it's not your responsibility. That you have to show up as you are and be honest and be transparent and like, hey, I don't know what I need. I don't know what it is, but I, that I just don't feel good. And inevitably, you two together will grow and you'll learn a lot because that's just the way it is when you're trying to connect as two imperfect people. it for today's episode guys thanks so much for listening i realized that this was all over the place i feel like all of my episodes are all over the place i start off with one theme in mind and then other ideas and thoughts come to me that i feel like i just have to express i want to thank everybody for their kind words love and support i feel so grateful to have who i have in my life currently and to everyone listening you have so much more power than you give yourself credit for until next time, stay happy, stay healthy. Mwah. Bye, guys. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Hey20sPodcast, as well as subscribe to this on Spotify, iTunes, or Google Podcasts, and to rate and subscribe. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Bye.